You know that ringing in your ears? That's the sound of the ear cells dying, like their swan song. Once it's gone, you'll never hear spoilers again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is spoilers. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yes, indeed. This is Children of Men spoilers. Hello, everybody. Hello. Oh, hello. Let's just jump right in to opening questions. <laughs> People know what spoilers is. We review a movie. We play a game of trivia at the end to see who gets to pick the movie. But first, we got to introduce the cast. Let's go westfoldest to eastest. Mikey, is that you? Probably. Uh, here's my opening question to you, Mikey. Okay. What is? Where are you from? Of course. What's your name? Blah blah blah. But. What is your favorite like type of disaster movie to watch? Oh. oh. Mikey recording from Chicago, Illinois. Favorite disaster movie. Just type of. Like, do you like tornadoes? Do you like water stuff? Like disease? <laughs> zombies? Water world? Well, yeah, I guess zombies would probably not be number one. Ooh. Just uh lots of options there. I don't know. Tornadoes, there's only kind of twister. Or Sharknado, <laughs> really not a lot of options for other disasters. But uh, yeah, zombies is fun. Specifically, the 28 Days Weeks franchise, I like a lot. I love that first movie of that franchise. Anyway, uh, who's next on the list? West, foldest to eastest? Probably me. Stevie, I got a new question for you. Oh, let's go. Ooh. Specifically... How frightening is this disaster premise for you as a new father and father of two to be? Am I? Do we have to edit the pod? Am I allowed to say that? No, you're allowed to say that. That's cool. Boy in December. Let's go. It's like my dream because a lot of my family's birthdays are in December. So having a boy in December is going to be awesome. Um, especially because you can like, I don't know how to go about this because like, is due date December 8th, so it's not close enough to Christmas where I can like combine the birthday Christmas gifts. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to. But yeah, answering the question, um, this movie was very hard for me to watch, honestly. Uh, caught myself getting like teary-eyed a couple points, a couple parts, and also like the past year, I've just been like crying at every movie imaginable. So yeah, it was a, it was a rough one to watch. Cool. I think that leaves up Pappy. And Pappy, my opening question to you, I guess, is can you maybe talk about this movie's foreshadowing of what's happened in real life? Do you think there's any truth? It's set in 2027. Are we getting close to that? Um, I mean, it predicted iPad kids, which I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> in the, <laughs> the dinner scene. Um, Pappy, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I think I'm Easter of Brett. But it's okay. Oh, sorry, uh, Brett. I can be I can be the next most West Foldus. Um yeah, honestly, I was thinking that too. I feel like the ending of this movie, this is spoilers, is pretty up uplifting. Well, I guess we'll talk about that too at some point. But I don't know. I could see this kind of movie becoming more and more popular now. Like I said, like what were the last two movies we did? We did Top Gun, which is pretty optimistic. We did everything everywhere. At once, which is pretty optimistic. We did Jurassic Dominion, optimistic. which made me want to kill myself. <laughs> made me want to kill myself. So two for three there recently. <laughs> Not bad. Cool. And then let's get all the way over. I don't want to steal it from you, Brett, but you are from Fort Wayne. 
and which is more east either way than Kalamazoo. Haven't we done this before? I always thought Jordan and no, Ypsilanti is way more east. Yeah, than me. that was that was where I got mixed up. But for you, Brett, um, kind of a twist on Mikey's question because we all know that you are one of the most prepared spoiler men. So what oh, does yeah. what disaster movie type would you most like to live through? Try to live through. Ooh. I mean, with a little more time, I think I'd be pretty set up for a zombie apocalypse. Um, <laughs> but I know my wife would hate that. So, um, which one will she? Which one will Brittany like? <laughs> the most uh, friendly end of days <laughs> scenario. No, the, her her. Most devastating one would be tornadoes everywhere. That would be her nightmare. Um, for me, I don't know. I I'd probably do better. I'd probably do okay in the uh, like the stand uh, disease wipes out ninety two percent of the population. I wouldn't. I would hate it, but I think I would. God, I don't know. I would hate to not have a ruler. Like, not have laws and stuff. I hate that crap, but I don't know. That'd probably be what I'd do. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say, I'd hate to not have a I have ruler. A ruler. <laughs> That's just a weird way to put it. I need a kid. That's why I changed it. That's why I changed it. To, you know. I know what you mean, though, Brett. It's just funny. <laughs> I will say, Brett, you are right. You're way Easter than me. Apologies. You don't owe me an apology. It's okay. I was wrong twice. I just believed whoever said was right was right. <laughs> But now Brett Brett makes a good point. Like it would be very scary if there's just lawlessness. Anarchy. Yeah. That's what I meant, by the way. Yes. That's why I haven't read like Animal Farm or uh not Animal Farm. Let's go with uh Lord of the Flies. Like that kind of thing. I hate the people. I hate what that brings out in people. Like I guess Yellow Jackets is probably similar to that. That's why I have reason I haven't watched that show. It's amazing. Oh, like the mist. That lady in the mist is like my nightmare. (laughs) I'm sorry to be so quick on everything. I love to spend time with opening questions, but I really want to talk about children of men. Are you guys ready to jump into the plot of this movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So children of men opens up with... Uh, like a newsreel. And we've seen a lot of these type of openings. It's a good way for a movie to drop exposition. It's actually a movie cliche that I think this movie does really well. Like you don't feel like you're in movie land when it starts, but nonetheless, it does, it does the newscaster broadcast thing anyway. And what the news is that everyone's tuned into is that the youngest person in the entire world has died. And this is a big deal because the youngest person in the world is like 18 and three months or something like that. Um, His name is Diego. His nickname is Baby Diego. He's somewhat of a celebrity. Baby Diego. Baby Diego. (laughs) Stevie, how do you imagine Baby Diego's life and celebrity went down? Like, I mean, he's the youngest person on earth at this point. Just a really weird stat to have. He sounds well adjusted based on what we hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not a total wanker, apparently. Um, 
I imagine it probably wasn't great considering like his timeline was just filled with the world going to absolute shit. Um, I would imagine it wasn't fun. And I thought it was kind of interesting that like he, someone had the opportunity to even kill a baby Diego. It made no sense to me. I feel like, uh, do you think there'd be bodyguards at least, or he'd be, yeah, like, I think security is spread. I just think security is spread really thin in this world. You know what well, I mean? I know, like, but, but he's kind of like precious cargo at this point. <laughs> like, don't you think like the government would have like seized him and like, tr- well, what, what benefit does he offer the country? Was he a Fuji or a British? He's or a what? flag for their movement. I mean, yeah. it's just strange. I don't know. I, I think you just had a little more security. That That's my whole thought on it. Maybe you shouldn't spit in someone's face. I mean, just give him the right to stab him. No, if Baby not. Diego had a gun. The man is a god. He can spit in anybody's face that he wants. <laughs> He's baby, baby Diego, Diego. goddammit. <laughs> Day 1000 of the Siege of Seattle. The Muslim community demands an end to the army's occupation of mosques. The Homeland Security Bill is ratified. After eight years, British borders will remain closed. The deportation of illegal immigrants will continue. Good morning, our lead story. The world was stunned today by the death of Diego Ricardo, the youngest person on the planet. Baby Diego was stabbed outside a bar in Buenos Aires after refusing to sign an autograph. Witnesses at the scene say that Diego spat in the face of a fan who asked for an autograph. He was killed in the ensuing brawl. The fan was later beaten to death by the angry crowd. Born in 2009, the son of Marcelo and Silvio Ricardo, a working-class couple from Mendoza, he struggled all his life with the celebrity status thrust upon him as the world's youngest person. Uh, I think Baby Diego spit in a dude's face coming out of a bar, right, and got shanked. That's how he died. So <laughs> somebody asked, asked him for an autograph. Yeah. Autograph, okay. Which you know, come on, Baby Diego, you're a man of the people. You know, with great power, great responsibility. But I, I was thinking a lot about this, like Josh, the newsreel part, because I agree. I think it works in this movie, and I was trying to like pinpoint why i why this is good and like not just be like it's good because i like this movie and i think one of the main things it's like about the people who are watching it you know what i mean like there's way more shots of the people watching the news than there are like in the studio and i think that helps a lot everybody's standing like watching the tv and like you don't see the tv you're just like seeing their faces is a really cool shot like it'd be like everybody standing in a bar watching a a soccer game Mm -hmm. i think too the the broadcast is serving the function of telling us about Clive Owen's character, Theo. It's uh, honestly like watching the scene. The biggest thing you get out of it isn't baby Diego. It's more about how Clive Owen is so apathetic towards anything. He's very depressed, I guess. (laughs) Depressed and alcoholic. I think you got to keep in mind like the timing of this movie coming out right after September 11th and like the idea of like these random terror attacks like someone just blowing up that cafe was like even more poignant back then right super after? scary I mean yeah. this was like five years this is like yeah. height of Iraq war you know what I mean this is still in that time when things are changing it's crazy to think about how old this movie actually is like I was shocked looking at the back of the blu-ray I was like wow this movie's been around for a while 
this and it's like so it looks amazing still and like so relevant it's like wow really great foresight there before we move out of here, this is one of my favorite little nuggets that I picked up on. Smarter people probably picked up on this already, but the whole movie is about Clive Owen gaining hope or faith or something. And it's just ironic that what saves him in this beginning scene is his complete apathy towards baby Diego and the youngest human on earth. He walks out of the cafe while everyone else is glued to the screen and one of Alfonso Cuaron's really long shots culminates with a really startling explosion. People are dead in the streets. A girl walks out with carrying one of her arms. Ugh. It's a very jarring way to start the movie. The long shots are like the best part of the movie to me. Like when I think of Children of Men, I think of this, I think of the scene with the car. Like, I mean, it's one of his signature things that he does which is funny too because i feel like he is better deployed like this sparingly than like alfonso Caron, one of his like mexican uh filmmaker counterparts like doing a whole movie like it then i think it gets a little bit gimmicky i like what he does here though who is his counterpart alfonso wait no sorry in your yeah that's who i meant yeah the bird man he's his own counterpart yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's no equal brett I want to toss it to you for we like we get a little mini glimpse of Owen Wilson's everyday London life. Can you walk us through maybe what you glean his everyday is here in London before his world kind of gets turned upside down? Did you say Owen Wilson or did I imagine you said that? Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That'd be so cool if Owen Wilson just played like one scene in this movie. <laughs> you definitely said Owen Wilson. Sorry, can you repeat the question, Josh? I'm yeah, sorry. I would I... love to actually repeat some of that for wow. editing purposes. So, Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> for editing purposes. Oh, interesting. You're going to just skip over <laughs> yep, this. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving in me over your mistake, calling huh? Alfonso Cuaron himself. But <laughs> <laughs> I do want to just restate the question. Brett, want to toss it to you. We get a little glimpse of... Oh my gosh, I'm going to say Owen Wilson again. (laughs) (laughs) So many times you're going to say it. Clive, we get a little glimpse of Clive Owen's real day, everyday London life. What do you think that's actually like for him before the events of this movie? Uh, I mean, he kind of says it later on. Like He just hates, he's absolutely miserable at work. I think you get a glimpse of kind of what you said earlier. He's very apathetic. I mean, I think that sounds, I think that's a little too harsh to say apathetic. I just think he doesn't care about the celebrity. I mean, I don't think he's like a bad person, but everyone else is really, it's like everyone else watches reality TV and he doesn't. Like people are crying, which probably lets just know how miserable he is at at his job. And I mean, his boss is pretty much sad. He's got someone crying next to him. Uh, He likes to go smoke weed with his buddy. Wait, well, what's his job like? What, What do you think his job is? telemarketing I he says i think i read these like a bureaucrat or something but i mean that could mean really anything so okay next question he go he goes and smokes weed with his friends or with his friend michael kane what do you think the nature is of their relationship like how do they know each other rallies probably knew him in the political when he was an activist and mm-hmm. the pothead jasper <laughs> what is it God. michael kane jasper yeah. he like was a political cartoonist so i'm sure they kind of maybe dealt with each other or knew each other's work and also he likes to smoke weed i guess so this is maybe stevie territory like 
nothing against you, Brett, but I just think Stevie does this the best out of anyone. And this movie drops exposition so uh, carefully, but we get a lot through yeah. we get a lot through visuals. We get a lot through smaller conversations. Yeah, there may be some exceptions to that, but there's one specific ADR part where the refugee bus drives by Jasper and. Owen Wilson while they're in the car. <laughs> oh, and and Jasper Jasper just goes, Those are Fuji's in that bus. Poor <laughs> bastards. They tried to immigrate to this country legally. It's like no human yeah. being would ever say this. Well, granted it. Now they're here. <laughs> Clive Owen is like, why do you think I've been so depressed for 25 years? God bless him. God bless the Fuji's, I say. <laughs> By Fugees, I mean refugees, of course. Fugees is what we t- call them now. They were called refugees. I was like, oh man, everybody's really into the Fugees over here. In Ooh la wow. la la. <laughs> <laughs> One time. There's a lot. Uh, there might be actually two more scenes that are pretty on the nose too, Pappy. But I really like this movie, and I know you do too. So I think we're gonna give it the benefit of that most of the time. But Stevie, what do you think has happened in Michael? Because we love Michael Caine in general, and in this movie, Michael Caine. We get a quick pan of some pictures <laughs> in their past. Do us a really good job of like painting as much of as you know of Michael Caine's past and how he relates to Clive Owen. He's a child of the '60s, man. Uh, he's a, um, he's very much so an anti-government, you know, like my weed conspiracist in a way, but very grounded also. He's kind of a, a contradiction of himself at times, but, um, I am, I think it's his wife is catatonic, which is, it's his, it's his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is really sad to see because I imagine like she was his best friend <clears throat> and she was tortured, which probably also uh, kind of aids to his anti-government, his anti-government self. And um, him and Clive Owen seem to have like this really great father-son relationship throughout this movie, which is really fun to see in a bleak world. This is a very character-driven movie, right? Because we don't like get into why is this happening, like what's right. the cure for this. And so, like, in this character-driven movie, Michael Caine's by far the best character. He is so, like, entertaining when he's on screen. I love him. Like, he he makes the movie for me. He's, like, the one spot of joy in Clive Owen, Owen Wilson's life. Sick house, too. Love love his movie house. He's a really awesome house. Strawberry cough. It's almost (laughs) like the house from Mandy, where Nick Cage lives with Mandy. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's way out there. It's got more security than Nick Cage's joint in that movie. But I don't know. What else, Brett, Mikey, what else do you guys have to say about Michael Caine and his shop he's got going on? Because he's, I agree with Pappy, he's just one of the most colorful, best things about this movie, don't you guys think? Oh, he's the best part of this movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting to see how he lives his life compared to just like everybody else. And like, I always compared Clive Owen's character to like the main protagonist from 1984. I always thought that they were like super similar and he's just like kind of yeah, he's just kind of like going through the motions of his life that he knows is shitty 
and and Jasper's over here just like making the best of it and still smoking weed in this hellscape that is like planet Earth now. Well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt this movie or the book it was based yeah. off is very Orwellian. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, like it's very Animal Farm 1984. I mean, mm-hmm. dystopia and stuff like that. And like so. Pink Floyd, like when they're talking to the prime minister, like all of that. Animals. Is just it's like a, definitely. Stri- it's got the literally the cover of animals in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. It's so it's so good. I always pictured him as Winston Smith. It was just always ingrained in my mind. But yeah, yeah, that's obviously who he's based off of. Pappy, what you're saying is really like ringing in my head about some of the exposition. Because like, I feel like when you're watching this movie, it feels parsed out pretty well. But there's also some scene that this scene we're talking about here with Michael Caine. It's maybe couched in a joke, but he tells basically everything you need to know about the what is it oh, the human, the human fund? organization is that george yeah. costanza's a donation has been made in your name to the human fund what is that made it up the human fund money for people what do you think? it has a certain understated stupidity <laughs> the human fund <laughs> no what is what is it though pat isn't it like the human organization well what do they do what's the mythology of this thing human project human the human project they're a legendary organization um they seem to have uh, they have some sort of off-sea base Uh, they might say where that is or or they might not but it's it's legendary no one really knows how to get in contact with them what where is it it's this little island that is part of portugal off it's called the azores Uh, it's just kind of in the middle of it's just out there Mm mm-hmm I don't, and that's the thing. Like when I was listening to an interview with Alfonso Caron, he was like, "Well, the big question of the movie is, is there hope or not? Like, is she going to be okay with these people or not?" And like, I always just assumed that they were good, but I guess we don't really know a lot about their plan or politics or anything, really. Yeah, it's pretty. I uh, want us all to weigh in. Yeah, let's all weigh in on the ending. I I mean, at least healthcare, right? (laughs) That's what they're at least offering, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, in dental well, too. She's gonna die by. She's probably gonna die of infection by the time she gets there. But it's okay. Oh, that that uh, mattress she yeah, gave birth 1, on. One thousand percent has yeah. something on it. He tried that really week. hard with that alcohol, but there's not enough whiskey in that bottle no to way. disinfect no. that room. Oh man, people have been given birth since the dawn of time. Somehow, yep. I feel like it can happen. And a, and a lot of the mothers died because of yeah, it. Yeah, but they don't give birth on turds on a turd mattress. <laughs> Josh, do you think the human organization's good? Like, did you ever have that question? Are they like good or evil? Is that what you're asking? I mean, is there hope, I guess, in them? Like, because I never even considered that question. So I heard him being interviewed. I was like, well, that's weird. I always thought it was a happy ending. I have a couple notes on the ending specifically. Maybe we should just cross that bridge there because. All right. You know, Josh, you like to talk about. Okay. People don't get knocked out for like a day at a time. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that movies do. It you can't you don't really usually bleed to death in five minutes. You lose consciousness in five minutes and then die like, you know, later. So there's a chance. There's a chance. But could even he's rowing uh, the boat okay. though. Like could he have, could he have even done that, you know? Yeah, plus he was shot in the tummy. Mm. Like, this is again a, just like shot. Tom Waits. He hit didn't hit me in any of my good stuff. <laughs> oh shit well let's keep moving on in the plot a little bit here mikey 
we get a glimpse of <clears throat> Clive Owen's everyday life, and then things abruptly turn for him when he's kidnapped on the street. kidnapped by charlie hunnam and uh what's the other guy chiwetel what is he from everything he's awesome i've seen him oh he's in the he's in the doctor strange movies 12 brothers Ah, that's what right 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 yeah he's a great actor uh i totally forgot he was in this uh but they uh bring him to like his ex-wife Girlfriend, I don't know, someone he... I think it's still his wife, technically, but yeah. Yeah, someone he previously had a relationship with and a baby that died in a a flu pandemic. And she kind of bargains with him uh, a prop, uh, like a a deal, like he'll... I don't even know what he's getting, money, I guess. I I don't even know. That doesn't really matter because he's kind of just ingrained in kind of a lot more than that. And he has to kind of just go with it, but... I think she offers him money and he's uh, going to take this this woman who's the first pregnant woman in like so many years uh, to the human project. But interestingly, Pappy, that's not revealed right away at all, is it? He's just, I mean, he's literally kidnapped off the street and just kind of coerced mm-hmm. into doing this. Like, what do you take from this offer that Julianne Moore whose character is Julian, which is kind of funny. Right. But <laughs> Julian, Julianne's Julian. Uh, yeah, what else, if you dig down into this scene and this kidnapping a little more, what else What else do you find? You are under the jurisdiction of the Fishes. The Fishes are at war with the British government until they recognize equal rights for every immigrant in Britain. We're not going to hurt you, we just want to talk. But don't do anything stupid. I'm covering. It isn't safe. Do it. Julian. You scared the shit out of me. Uh, I'm sorry about the theatrics, but we have no choice. The police have been a pain in the ass lately. Well, first of all, I know I was making fun of the exposition earlier. Good exposition in terms of the newspapers in that room that he's taken to. Like, if you read the newspapers, there's a lot of interesting tidbits about what's happening in the world around and like what the chaos has been. And I really like this movie for that level of detail. But um, I mean, yeah, at this point he's just kind of a mercenary. Like he doesn't really care about the the political cause in any way. Like he tells them no initially. Um, And I think probably their relationship similar probably to Jasper's relationship was initially built on like political, you know, action, that kind of thing. And he fell into this apathy. Um, but then the plan is he has to pin some note on some thing to activate the quest. <laughs> That's like the side quest. I don't think we actually see that. But then 
Then we get into the rich person's house. It's like the next thing. It jumps right from there to that. Does anybody think maybe she could have just like texted him? Or stopped <laughs> stopped by the apartment. No, that's my like, technology. It's 1980. She's pretty the wanted. Fishes is such a stupid name so, for a terrorist. So is Fuji's. It's a stupid name. They overdo that so bad. Is Fishes supposed to be representative of something? In the book, they're named. They're called the Five Fishes. So or the Five Fish. So I have no idea. That's a little better. They're out of water and they're trying to get back in. They're underwater. Five fishes. Everybody's above the water, but they're underwater. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I almost get the feeling they're like, this is what politics has turned into. If you're not like the ruling power, you're a terrorist organization by default. Right. Oh, okay. And maybe there's some truth to it, but there's also seems to be some fascism involved here (laughs) (laughs) some nazi ties as it were (laughs) let's get into the rich guy's house (laughs) (laughs) can i say something about the fujis in the government real quick oh yeah and so brett it sounds like you did some research on the book too i'm curious what if you heard this change like my biggest problem with it and I'm all for a movie that's going to be like against xenophobia or like pro-immigration or whatever. But like in a world where human capital is literally the most valuable resource and decre- decreasing every day, why would you be closing your borders? You know what I mean? That seems insane. That's a good point, Pap. And it's different in the book. It's different in the book. It was an intentional choice. It's so weird. Yeah, they have a lot of give and take in the book. Like uh, they bring in other refugees to work right Um, but yeah um it's like they want them in the country in the book to come and work and then they kick them out it doesn't really say what led to the dystopian future though that's what that's the only pass i'll give that is because they do make a point to say like london in the uk is like the only the last big city left so they i mean it's not feasible for everybody from everywhere else to come there at least not organized it doesn't look like they're planning on organizing anything so that's my only pass to that. Um, so like, everywhere else is just like fallout, chaos. I, yeah, but yeah, I mean, they say it, yeah. you, you, you think going in that it's because of the infertility, but they say it was actually messed up even before the infertility. So like if mm. it's disease that killed everyone, then you can expect them not to want people come in, but they don't really say. Um, and yeah, it is fascism kind of, Josh. We are in a, they said it's pretty much a police state. So and they go way more into the politics into the book. Again, I haven't read it. I just did a little research. Like his cousin that we're about to talk about is a much bigger part of the book. He like rules everything. He's the one that made it how it is. Oh, the, damn. He's like the boss. Oh, that's his cousin? He's like and, the prime minister. Yeah. Yeah. He like takes over. He makes parliament like a advisory role. And he pretty much just makes it uh, my way and quells pretty much anything that anything goes on and they bring in you know you can't leave london but they bring in the <coughs> younger people from other places to work that's like where pappy gets that's a lot the, the human capital is a lot more of a thing in the book i believe uh, they need mm-hmm. these people to work good point that change for the movie i didn't know that i think it'd be disappointing if 
Clive Owen's cousin was the prime minister. Like he would be a celebrity too. Uh, Theo would be. And like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really make sense in the context of this movie. Whereas he, the, uh, maybe you can fill in the gaps here, Pappy, but the cousin is still very eccentric and obviously larger than life. Like there's no lack of eccentricism <laughs> when they show him, you know? Eccentricity. Yeah. He's got a Picasso and what David was that Mickey Michelangelo Michelangelo's Dave yeah he tried to get La he tried to get La Pieta too but it was in ashes or something <laughs> I do like how the David's got like a replacement <laughs> like, yeah it's funny like, yeah I don't know it's he lives in total opulence so he's clearly some kind of high ranking official um, yes. Well, one of my favorite parts of this scene is what the fuck game is that kid playing? Stevie question. <laughs> what video game is that? He's uh, working on a, a Rubik's Cube. Oh, a digital Rubik's yeah, Cube? Yeah, that's what he was doing on the screen. At least that's what I saw on the screen. Is he was like moving his fingers back and forth, and he was uh, looking like a pretty cool 3D Rubik's Cube. I think he was if playing I... Tetris. I'm just kidding. I think, I think you're right. I got Minecraft in my notes. Minecraft. They should, uh, I was gonna say they should re-edit this movie with Fortnite in it. Instead. Yes, <laughs> that sounds like something Kylo could do. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, Josh. He at first he kind of box at the papers, but then he he's clearly able to get him. So he's someone important. But I agree. If he was like the king, his his job. He, he runs the Ministry of Arts in the movie. That's like his job is to rescue Ministry art. Ministry of Magic. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, he's got a Banksy piece in there. Well, the Picasso he has is the one where it's like, Gornica. yeah, the bombing of Spain. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's <laughs> a little. I would say it's not on the too on the nose because that's not like super well known. Well, I guess it is. It is, and I'm pretty sure that appears again when they're taking off in the little canal in the canoe at the end. Like it's faded on the mm-hmm. wall in there. Same painting. Mm-hmm. This guy. Definitely has several NFTs <laughs> hanging yeah. on a, on a He's wall. He's got a f- ape smoking a joint <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but his face is melting yeah. and he's made out of boogers. This is all in act one. And I think act two starts around the 25 minute mark. Stevie, why don't you take us for a ride as Clive Owen and Julianne Moore get into some British left side of the road driving vehicle and start going for, for a pleasant little Sunday drive. What starts happening here? Um, it starts off as kind of a somewhat cold environment because Clive Owen just wants to sleep. And then um, everybody wakes up and everybody's kind of happy and talking. And I have to imagine... Somewhat decent CGI of Julianne Moore and Clive or Owen Wilson shooting. Uh, is that a ping pong ball back and forth in each other's mouths? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a pool ball. It's an egg. Yeah, I was going to say egg. If it was an egg, that'd be amazing. But um, yeah, you think everything's going okay and they fall into a trap. And this movie does a good job of reminding you that you're you know, little past two decades in the future, uh, especially like the screen on the windshield in the car. I thought that was awesome. But yeah, I mean, flaming car and, you know, crazy zealots running down a hill trying to light this car on fire and kill the people inside. 
and it's a really intense scene. Not just that, but Julianne Moore, who you think is going to be like in this movie a lot, gets her, I mean, shot through the neck for Christ's sakes. It's a really intense scene. Shot through the neck, and Luke's to blame. <laughs> <laughs> probably the best one shot right josh of the whole movie it's incredible yeah i mean the last one is so much longer i feel like i got a little list of the top ones this is up there pap but what's strong about this to you like this pulls me in this scene maybe it's one of the best with conversations free-flowing and I think, Pat, we've both seen the YouTube videos of the crazy technology and all the weird shit they're doing with the car windows and flaps and doors to pull this whole thing off. But mm-hmm. technology aside, storytelling-wise, what does the scene do? I think it does two things. Like One, Julianne Moore, huge actress at this point, if this is the first time you're seeing this movie, to have her killed off super early is really shocking. And, you know, a bold choice of a movie to do when you kill off one of your biggest stars that early. That or there were scheduling conflicts. Maybe she helped um, produce it. Well, interestingly, she, Julia, what's the, the character's name? Julian? Yeah. Julia Gulia. Julia, yeah. yep. Julia Gulia. She's the pregnant one in the book. <laughs> so she's way a bigger part of the book. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so different. Oh. They're not married. So they're not married in the book. She's married to like the resistance leader, and the the key was completely made up by Koran. And it's mm. just like really this whole political thing where they have demands, and the cousins like, no, we don't care. And it's it's so different. Yeah, she's the one that's pregnant. So picture that, yeah, like you've read the book, you're going in to see this movie, like, and then all of a sudden, like, the, one of the main characters from the book gets killed off, like, totally shocking, cool surprise. I believe yeah. she's Ted- actually brought in to be the mother, but uh, Koran, like, really loved the idea of bringing in this key character, so that's probably why her, Julianne Moore's character is so small. That's weird, because that's like it. a, that's a huge change, you know what I mean? Because, like, the whole point of key like being on the run or whatever is that uh like she doesn't trust this whole group but this the second part josh i just love for some reason 
when um uh what's his name luke pulls the pulls the gun out and shoots the two cops i just that's so smooth that whole like shot with the passports and everything like that second surprise where the stakes get raised again like man i just fucking love this this scene in particular i think it's awesome like the choreography of the guys running down the hill like it looks like something out of braveheart it's sweet yeah the part where they're running down the hill so much suspense and the part with the cops like it's just insane kind of how much they're telling you through this like you have the whole love story with the ping pong ball that happens in there and even just the like little act of terrorism here that happens with this group uh brett we later find out that this whole thing was like a sting setup right like this wasn't a random act of violence like we initially think no yeah luke uh had it set up uh because he apparently he wanted to be the leader of the fishes and uh yeah so that was all set up to kill julianne or julian can you guys a little over the top right yeah, I feel like they could have done that way. I mean, I mean, just put a bullet in her. I mean, for a guy what's the point? who's like wants to be like the leader, and seems to be somewhat intelligent of this group, like seems a tad theatrical to go this far. And why would you put the pregnant girl yeah. at risk as well? Like, was anybody gonna stop and not like beat her to death? Hey guys, if they got don't touch her. So, if you watch the scene closely. What is that guy's name who's like his number one warrior who keeps appearing back in this? Patrick? Charlie? Oh, yeah. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. He zooms up in the motorcycle with his cousin and they clearly like peer in super closely before tapping on the brakes a little bit and like carefully aiming and shooting. I don't like, Pappy, did you rewind this and look closely for any clues that Luke had set this up from the beginning after you found that out? It's- how slow he's driving. Yeah, yeah, I would say the main one exactly, Brett, because she's like, we can make it past that flaming car, and he doesn't even try to make it. No, he's going like 18 miles per hour, and then it takes him forever to back up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of a complicated plan. It seems like it could have been solved a lot easier. Like A lot of extras involved. <laughs> right. But I just want like, the editing is incredible, and I want to compare it to another chase scene that i've seen recently in a movie called underground six directed by michael bay that was absolutely (laughs) horrendous but it's like a 25 minute long chase scene i'm not even exaggerating and it's so loud and so terrible (laughs) and absolutely nothing gets accomplished and it's like how do you spend that much time and achieve nothing when there is so much accomplished like something like this (laughs) And it's all done in one take, quote, in quotes. Uh, I don't know if it really is in one take or if they edit it to be one take. But it's just there's so much more storytelling going on in this compared to that. And I don't know. I, I was just like baffled at the end of watching that Underground 6 movie. Like, this is one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever seen edited. And just crazy how much money is spent on that kind of stuff. And the quality is just not there at all i'm sure this movie was a hundred million dollars cheaper than underground or six underground or whatever the fuck it was and like brett was saying luke is able to he he actually succeeds in taking out julianne moore through this hit piece and he's becomes the leader 
like he's ratified in quickly thereafter once they get to this barn. But like at this point, Clive Owen and Key uh, is that her main uh, the pregnant yeah. woman? Yes, Key. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like in the hands of Luke and the fishes now. Is there something to like about Luke, this character, even though he had Julianne Moore oft and he's very violent? I don't know. I felt like there's something still likable, or am I just completely off with that? Is he just insane? Well, I mean, he wants to restore order back to a crazy place, but again, that doesn't exactly... You're not endearing yourself to anybody by killing your, your, I don't want to say co-conspirators because it sounds bad, but your friends. Staging a coup with yeah, your I mean that's that's bad. I mean, you're on the that's same side. Kidnapping a pregnant woman. And that's what it was. Yeah, she didn't. That's where their futures, their plans diverted. She wanted to save the kid, and he wanted to use it as a bargaining chip, pretty much to. I don't know. Yeah, what was his plan? I read it, but I don't remember. It wasn't. I don't think it was super. It's like just an uprising, right? Like, yeah, he wanted to use it as a symbol to, like, yeah, to bring more people in. Hmm. Yeah. Which is that what the human project's probably going to do? I don't know. Well, maybe not upheaval (laughs) necessarily. Yeah, Stevie, you got anything to say about Luke? I mean, we'll finish his arc later when he eventually, I think, gets blown up, but. Are you liking him at this point in the movie when you don't know that he's a complete douchebag? Um, yeah, which is kind of strange to me at times. Because usually people like characters that are that cunning. Like he kind of falls into a cliche, which is like the likable character becomes unrecognizable as like the movie like keeps progressing. That's like one cliche I've always hated in film. Um, but <sighs> I don't know. Like, I think he still has some humanity like left like throughout the movie. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I still do like Luke. Yeah. I'm with you, Stevie, about the, the cliche. But it's such a cliche. Like, you, gotta, you have to remember, though, that this I feel like this plan's already in motion. So we're not really seeing a good guy get bad. He's already got that emotion. But we as an audience don't know that. Right. Yeah. It's just sometimes like. It's frustrating to watch that in movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know why Black Panther popped in. Like, Daniel Kaluuya's character is like exactly like yes. that. Yes. Oh, it's, no. He's right. The bad guy's right. I need to. Yeah. So, and that's everywhere. You're right. I may have misspoke earlier, boys. I said the first act ended when they get in this car with Julianne Moore and that whole thing goes down. But I think there's also an argument to be made the second act begins when Key reveals that she's pregnant to Clive Owen. Luke, who's our complicated bad guy, literally says, now you know what's at stake, which is kind of like in movie terms, like now you know what the MacGuffin is sort of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do love Clive Owen's performance as he is soaking in the fact that there's a pregnant woman in front of him. I love Clive Owen in this movie. Like his reactions to certain things. That's one of them. It's so freaking good. Or when they're talking, he's so adamant. Like he can't believe that they can't see that, that they should go to the government. I don't know. He's, he's really good 
his emotions are really good in this movie, in my opinion. I think he's awesome. I didn't love when he's trying to be funny, when he's like, your breath stinks or you got something in your teeth. <laughs> Those didn't really work for me. But I do think he's like, his apathy in the beginning is just perfect. Like it's in a, a I didn't take little. that as him being funny as much as like F you. Because those two yeah, guys are kind of like telling him, oh, definitely Patrick's a dick. But the other guy's like, you can't smoke in here. It's like, you got red on you. This never fucking happens. Didn't go and telling tales because we'll be watching you. At work, when you sleep, when you have a piss, we'll be watching. All the fucking time. Jeez, your breath stinks. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. He's also supposed to be suave. It's also it's like an insult you'd have at a kindergarten diss fight. Like, yeah. your breast stinks. And nobody's funnier than Sid. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted Sid to be a good guy. <laughs> I was, yeah, I totally forgot that he sucks. <laughs> he sold them out literally the first chance he got. Well, that's not true. He had like multiple chances, but the first real chance. We talked about the long shot in the car with Julian Moore. Did we get the hill? Because there's another long shot in like the same car, I think, where they're going down a hill after this like farmhouse scene. Um, mm, that's intense. It's it's so intense, but I'll just kind of really quickly set up what happens here. They're at this farmhouse, and as Clive Owen is trying to sleep, Patrick comes to the farm and he's supposed to stay way away but his cousin got like messed up when they were trying to assassinate and succeeded in assassinating julianne moore so basically like they're not supposed to show their face around here but they had to because there's police every everywhere and everything's like gone to shit so they tried to hide they try to like hide patrick in the motorcycle and his dying cousin really quick but it's not fast enough because clive owen had woken up and seen it all go down and even overheard to the extent that like they plan on killing him tomorrow. So he goes and wakes up key and she in turn kind of insists that Miriam, her like midwife person come with them. And does anyone else love this scene as much as I do where Clive Owen crawls to every car and either takes the keys or like yeah. disassembles the battery like that's so cool right he does some amazing crawling in this whole movie like <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious yeah. I mean I know it sounds funny but I'm being serious like the crawling here the crawling at the end where he he's using these big explosions to move it's so awesome stealth yeah it's smart like use use it as a distraction there's brick and smoke and blood and flesh everywhere it's time to move Mm-hmm. And a totally different kind of one shot too, right, Josh? Like the other ones are like so bombastic with explosions or like car chases and stuff. This is like a quiet, like Mikey said, like a stealth mission, stealth level. But it's just as frightening. Like whereas in Julianne Moore's assassination assassination scene, we see her shot through the neck and that startling. And this one, we see him trying to steal the keys out, and one of the guards casually like opening this very same door of the car he's trying to like you know what i mean it's just so intense without guns why does he like stand up and then crouch back down like that's, it gets me every time <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it pops up and goes down 
<laughs> they manage to get out of here, though, right, Pap? He escapes with Key and Miriam and the baby. Is anybody else confused by Patrick's like motivations to kill Theo or Clive Owen Wilson? Uh, Patrick, is he the guy with the braids? I think he's Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Didn't he get hurt with his cousin? His cousin got yeah, hurt? Yeah, but it did, like the motivation like doesn't make sense to me. Explain. Like, if I'm going in to like kill somebody and me and the person I'm with get hurt in the process because human nature says like force is going to be met with some kind of resistance, like I can't really be mad at that. And unless he was told by Luke, like this guy we with like knows what's going on too, like don't aim for him or don't harm him. Like, and he knows about you too. Like, wouldn't they be mad at Luke? So like his motivation for like, you know, my cousin, yada, yada. It's like, well, dude, you're like, you know, on a motorcycle with a gun shooting people, <laughs> killing a guy then coming up, <laughs> like killing a woman and coming up next to him and be like, I can't believe he did that. Like the motivations don't make sense. <laughs> what the it hell, makes bro? No fucking sense. You killed my cousin when we were trying to murder you, bro. When we were trying to murder you, bro, you got him. I can't believe it, man. Could you? Like, it doesn't make any sense. This is a bad guy put in a movie for the sole purpose of being a bad guy. And that is very frustrating because when you look deep down at his motivations, at all in all, he should be the angriest at Luke. But because he's a bigger actor and character in this movie, no one questions a thing. I will say... I kind of agree with you, especially it's especially stupid, when Josh. he don't church it up. It's just especially stupid. when he shouts out like Anakin Skywalker. He was only nineteen. He was only nineteen, and he hated Sandman. <laughs> but one thing that I think is kind of cool and all that, Stevie, is that someone being nineteen with this whole like baby Diego thing, maybe that does have resonance, like. Then why have him on the back of a motorcycle no, if you're so of worried course. about it? Yeah, he shouldn't be doing Very He shouldn't be doing these that. things. I hate that in movies. Like, you killed my dad. He was trying to kill you, but I'm going to get revenge. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you got him, man. Okay, okay. But like, in a society it's not like he, it's not, where you're not having any babies, you're going to be like extra defensive. Of your yeah, but he's an a-hole. Stevie's right. No. I mean, he's a bad guy for the sole purpose of being a bad guy. Uh, you're right. I, I But I... My biggest problem is like, I don't understand like using the baby as a simple, I mean, like what? You're going to parade around this baby? That's Look super at the dangerous. Child. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> You're going to use the baby as a human shield. It needs to be like Simba <laughs> and Pride Rock held up there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what are the motivations for just like using the baby as a symbol? It makes no sense. If everybody knows about the baby, I think everybody's going to agree like, wow, this is awesome, at least hey, gang. there's a chance. Yeah, we got a fighting hope here, and word would spread. It's basically like they want the baby for themselves so they can tweet about it first. <laughs> like, Okay, I got you. Breaking. Oh, they want that cloud. Yeah, it's all yeah. about the Reddit upvotes here, I think. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put a downer on no, that movie. I... Just, that stuff drives me nuts. Where is this bad guy for the sole purpose of that, being a bad guy? Honestly, that's the weakest part for me is like their motivation. I, I mean, but the, I mean, that just only leads to like one of the best scenes in the movie is like the yeah. the first car chase scene, I guess. 
I don't disagree with I you don't. guys with what you guys are saying. And in fact, every podcast on this movie that I tried to listen to in preparation for this podcast it was just so over the top praise for the movie. It's kind of nauseating. But to counter that, Pappy, me and you, I feel like bonded at a point in our life because we both realized we really loved this movie. Um, do you can you reconcile those things? Listen, this movie is not without flaws, and it's funny because like I, everything Stevie's putting down, I'm picking up. Yeah, like, I, I, but I didn't even think about that like when I was watching it. Like, but like I did like like I said, there are a couple just like logic things like the England closing its borders in the middle of like a <laughs> needing people more than ever. And then like my biggest thing wasn't even the plot of the, or the, the plan of the fishes. My biggest thing was like, go public right away. You know what I mean? Like now I'm not saying go to the government because supposedly like the government is going to like replace the mom, which even that seems dubious. It, it just record her being pregnant, you know, but like go to the news or something. And of all people, Jasper should be the one to know that he's a political. He worked for the paper. His wife worked for the the media. Like, put like you said, put out a tweet. Like for real though. Like I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like it is like straight up 1984, and there's just like gonna total erasure of this whole event. Like they wouldn't even like they would just hide that woman and that baby just to not give people hope for some reason. I don't know. Just seems like this society's kind of totally so far gone that they'd do something like that that's kind of like the only excuse i can come up with it's just like the plot to break into one of the most dangerous places in the country is just such a bad idea like on its face <laughs> like i don't know like yeah can't we go like 10 miles down the shore and you just pick me up yeah. <laughs> at a different buoy i'll shoot a flare you'll see it <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the rendezvous <laughs> But, but with all that said, Josh, I still find this movie really interesting. Like it kind of reminds me of Blade Runner, which I've done a little bit of a 180 on that I, I kind of like now. Especially uh, I was getting ready for that big dumb movie debate podcast. Like it's it can be a little bit slow, but like this the sci-fi, the concept is super strong, and the filmmaking itself is super strong, right? Like maybe story, yeah. maybe story gets like a C plus or B plus, I don't know, somewhere in there. But like the technical aspect of this is an A plus and the concept is I think about this shit all the time now after seeing this movie it's like the Truman Show what would really happen it is a movie that's sticky and makes you kind of like I watched this and then I had to drive somewhere and then I got to that place and realized like I hadn't turned on my radio I just had driven in silence the entire 12 minute drive it's kind of weird um but anyway, we just talked about how Clive Owen and Key and the baby, they escape the farmhouse, much to the chagrin of the fishes, and they go back. They go back to our buddy, Michael Caine. I love that he gets to be in this movie again. And in fact, as I kind of timed some things out in this movie, I think this is the longest they stay in any one setting, right? We get a lot of stuff huh. in here. We get Michael Caine seeing pregnant Key and his reaction to that. We get everyone meeting his catatonic wife. 
we get extensive stories about Clive Owen's past and his kid. We get more stuff about Michael Caine being suicidal. There's stuff about uh, more stuff about this quietest stuff, which we haven't really talked about. It's like the suicide pill given out by the government. What did you guys feel about the second time we get to kind of live with Michael Caine? This time for like 15 minutes. I absolutely love this part of the movie. And it was heartbreaking too, just because like there's this kind of beautiful shot that's kind of going in and out of focus in between the two characters of Owen Wilson or Clive Owen, whatever you want to call him for this podcast, um, <laughs> being around the corner. And Michael Caine, you know, telling the story of you know kind of like what broke clive owen you know theo and what was heartbreaking to me was when he brought up his son you know he's calling him this you know miracle child this beautiful boy and you know he tells him you know he was born with small lungs and i i think as an audience you know we kind of want to lash out at michael king because it's not like his story to tell but it's just so heartbreaking that Clive Owen just walks away from it. Everything is a mythical cosmic battle between faith and chance. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> you already did. Take another one. <laughs> now cough. <laughs> what do you taste? Strawberries. Strawberries. That's what it's called, strawberry cough. <laughs> Wicked. So, you've got faith over here, right? And chance over there. Like yin and yang. Sort of. Oh, Shiva and Shakti. London and McCartney. Well, <laughs> Look, Julian and Theo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Julian and Theo met among a million protesters in a rally by chance. But they were there because of what they believed in in the first place, their faith. They wanted to change the world and their faith kept them together. But by chance, Dylan was born. This is him? Yeah, that's it. He'd, he'd have been about your age, magical child. Beautiful. Their faith put in praxis. Praxis, what <laughs> happened? Chance. He was a sweet little dream he had, little hands, little legs. Little feet, little lungs. And in 2008, along came the flu pandemic. And then by chance, he was gone. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> you see, Theo's faith lost out to chance. So, why bother? if life's going to make its own choices. <laughs> Watch out, baby's got Theo's eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. But you know, everything happens for a reason. That I don't know. But Theo and Julian would always bring Dylan. He loved it. I like the part where Clive Owen's like, tell him about the time you saw UFOs, Michael Caine. And Michael Caine just totally changes the subject, but the girl's like, <laughs> you saw a UFO? <laughs> I feel like that'd be Josh for Bigfoot. <laughs> Would you, I mean, I feel like that UFO thing is a little hint to the technology that 
he may be projecting into this 2027 world or even maybe what the human fund has has going on for it in the world like the human fund. maybe there are pockets of civilization that are really advanced <laughs> to the point they look like ufos or they can be a fishing boat disguised as a hospital or vice versa but we've reached a point in the movie where things get super duper chaotic um and the moment that precedes that is one of the most memorable, if not the saddest moment of the movie. Brett, I think we watched this together way back in the day around 2000. No, no, I'd never seen this movie. What? I'd, I had seen it. Really? I, I had seen to the point where there was a strawberry cough because we watched it, but I, I had to leave or something. Nope. I oh, yeah. I'd never seen this before. I did remember. You didn't want to finish it after that? Josh well, and Brett washed up into the strawberry cough in college, huh? No, he, and then it gets he, you, a guys watched, hazy. you guys watched it all. <laughs> yeah, I think it watched it with like Ralphie and Drew yeah, and stuff, but for sure. I, I don't want to seen it, but yeah, there's a lot of basically from the one hour mark on Brett that we can really buzz through here in this movie, but almost exactly at the one hour mark. I'm not joking, folks. Michael Caine. <sighs> The O'Farrell. Oh, I haven't seen him. There's biscuits and coffee on the have side. Help yourself. You want a drink? Look, come on, have a drink. Lighten up, lighten up. <laughs> what we got? Here, Luke. It's a dead woman and dog inside. They're going to Beck's Hill. When did they leave? When did they leave? Pull my finger. Pull my finger. <laughs> I'll do it. Fuck you. Put my finger. Well, he takes fun for the team, his alarms go off. Um, Man, the quick decisions he has to make in the last five, ten minutes of his life are pretty brutal, but it's pretty amazing that he does all that. Um, he lets... My finger. Yeah. He lets all them go, and then they're like, you're coming with me. He's like, no, I'll I'll send them the wrong way. So they leave, and instead of uh, using the time he's giving them, they just decide to sit there and watch. Um, that made me a little mad, but uh, they get away anyway. So same thing happens in Coke or uh, oh, what's the new movie where Encanto? Yeah, Encanto, where the husband of the Encanto grandma sacrificed himself in the river, <laughs> and she just stands there on the bank watching it. Abuelo. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that kind of stuff. Like in just gets macheted. And <laughs> Kenobi, like he's stalling, and they're just sitting there in that tunnel. Anyway. Um, so the plan backfires a little bit because they like immediately find the plans. I don't know why they had that written down or whatever. What's it, what was the deal with that? Maybe someone could jump in real quick. What did they find? Did they write down their plan or what? I think it was a map. Map. Okay, a map that she had been looking at uh, earlier at the table, and she circles those two spots or whatever. Uh, okay, I think it's that map. So he stalls them. 
and he says, pull my finger, and Luke, like, literally shoots his finger off, which is just... Patrick. Was it Patrick? Luke. Yeah, Luke, because it says... I I only (laughs) went with Luke because that's what it said in Wikipedia, but... um, So, but he still, he still, you know, got that joy. He's probably so stoned that it only just feels like a flesh wound to him. Um, <laughs> Brett, were you not frustrated by why Clive Owen is just sticking around? So that's what I was saying. I, like yeah. He's giving them that head start and they're just sitting there watching. I guess they didn't do a very good job explaining <laughs> Did that. Did you not hear him just say that, Pat? No, I must have missed it. Sorry. Pat, he just went on a huge diatribe uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, then he went on the whole thing about Encanto. Sorry, I was trying to see the difference between Luke and Patrick. <laughs> and then, I mean, you missed Stevie go, Abuelo. <laughs> Oh, I heard that. <laughs> One thing that's, I think, really cool is that, yes, I did notice it was Luke. And the I think the reason I noticed is, like, uh, I kind of pay attention to the power dynamics with this whole thing. And they pretty much explicitly say Julianne Moore's character is killed off because she didn't believe that they had to keep using violence. And then when you ha- look at, like, who the next leaders are, it's Luke and Patrick is obviously one of their like top warriors. He's sent out to like assassinate people. He's like running around that hospital later, just mowing people down. But Luke, like Pappy alluded to, has this like sneaky, smooth kill thing going on. He can kill cops real quick. He has that moment where he threatens Patrick's life. Like, if you ever disobey me again, I will kill you. Yeah, break protocol. If you rewatch that scene, how fast he pulls his gun out, like that's pretty crazy. But Luke is in charge here, and like Patrick is very much cowed. Do you remember that scene, real quick, before you get back into it, Brett, where he's like, I can kill him. I have a clean shot, sir. Can I take it? When they're like running down the hill chasing him. Hey, sir. Can I take the shot, sir? Patrick is a little scared of Luke, and I like to see that, I guess. Yes. He seems to be, you'd think he'd be hot-headed and wouldn't want to listen, but he pretty much seems to take everything that Luke says. Um, Luke's also really manipulative, which you might not notice all the way, but like he always made key and people seem like they were making the choice, but he like pushed them into that, that direction, like that little meeting they have right before every, all hell breaks loose at the Fisher's house. But anyway... Yeah, no, you're right. It's I like how he kind of controls everything. He's he's kind of like best of both worlds. He's kind of a lot like Julian and Patrick combined. I mean, best for them. I mean, obviously, I think Julian's the better person and the better leader to get what they want. But she doesn't want, like you said, somebody said, like she doesn't want it to be like a military battle. She wants it to be more diplomatic. And I don't think Luke believes that that could happen, so he wants to just start a war. A war with a baby at the head of the lines. (laughs) That baby is a general. Front line, baby. Pick up your gun. Happy from that hour mark where Michael Caine gets killed, shot and killed, through the rest of the movie, it's basically like a race. A race against time for this baby, a race against time to get to this boat. It's very blurry 
when you're just kind of like thinking about this movie months or years later after you've seen it maybe start us off and how this whole clock countdown pregnancy thing last 37 minutes of the movie goes like what's the broad brush strokes they go so the plot is like a ra- rendezvous with a cop who's going to break them into prison like we talked about and, the, and they're in a race against time to get to the another rendezvous point to meet the human project um but in the meantime they got to get into this immigrant camp where they can i guess launch from or whatever shit goes down though when they're on the immigrant like incoming bus uh and key gets pregnant actually sorry i should go back sid is one of the best characters in the movie though mikey i think you said you love sid Sid is like the the second best character to me he's so funny refers himself in the third person It was Jasper's idea, you know, the whole password thing. He will piss himself laughing when I tell him about this. He's a cheeky old bastard. So proud of his weed. Sid could get it a lot cheaper from the gangs, but Sid likes to deal with Jasper. Jasper straight. A true gentleman. Ah! All right. What's wrong with her? She's sick? Just car sick. She's not gonna puke, is she? No, she's fine. Sid don't care. Brett, big time. Like I said, like why this is kind of like an Iraq war post September 11th movie to me. Like there's literally like the Abu Ghraib guy there in the, like the, I guess like the initial processing. Did you see him, Josh? Like the guy with the hood in his hands. Like he looks exactly like those images. Yes. And I also noticed that someone in the bus specifically seemed to be extra terrified when they saw that dude. right yeah <laughs> they like stood up and screamed and then i think the security like pulled that person off the bus they got the abu grave guy <laughs> to come and stand in <laughs> to do that <laughs> method <incredible>. actor <laughs> brett talked about how the books delve into the politics and world a lot more but boy do we get a lot in this eight second scene of just pulling into this station when uh, she's like starting to go into labor and then they have like all the people are being like tortured to the left what so those people with the when they get the hoods on them are they just done like looks like it yeah but why but why like the other people (laughs) they just let go into like the bad I mean that's fascism but, though. Like they'll just when they throw the hood on you, it's lights out. The thing about it's yeah, it's basically the Holocaust stuff. Like they'll just separate you and then kill someone and then send you to that camp or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's genocide one oh one, Josh. You should know these things. The, th- the thing about the Holocaust though is he was planning on his race being perpetuated. When you don't have any more people, like why not like to kill a person? Well, it's not just that. Waste. They're not sending all these people to death. They just want to get them out of the city. So they're basically... Why? <laughs> what, uh, what is it called when you're ex uh, taken out of the country because you're illegal? 
uh, excommunicated, deported. Ex- yes, uh, Dep- I kept thinking of exported. Yeah. It's like that's fucked up. Um, it's like an internment camp. These people are all just being deported, and Clive Owen and most of the people land in this just like really dirty city with like people approaching you, and it's just really grim. It's not a camp; it's a city. It's a poor person's. It's like a, it's like a ghetto. Yeah, it's like a, they call yeah, it. A, they a, call it a prison. They're not like free to leave, are they? No, there was fences and stuff around. That's how, what happens at the end. Somebody blows through. It's like a true ghetto. Yeah, it's like a ghetto. It's pretty much like Poland in 1941 or whatever. So, oh. yeah, it's not free. It's it's free flowing, but it's not like you're when you're there. You're there. I thought it was just like the other side of the border, kind of. No, it's a city. They say the name of the city. It's a real city. Bexil. Yeah, Bexel. Bexville by the sea or something. But they say Bexville is an immigrant camp. They say that though, don't they? Yeah, I'm sure it's a camp. I, they, it's yeah, turned it's into a camp. It's, yeah, it's turned into a camp. It looks like it's been bombed and it's all uh, dilapidated. So it's just, I mean, it, it's both. They're, it's, they're both right, Happy. It's, it is a camp, but it's a city as well, but they just can't leave. Unless it's by boat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they might be able to go back to where they came from, but I have no idea. Probably not. It's like a British Hotel California. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds horrible. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pappy, keep us moving. You're in charge of this section. Oh, Jesus. Well, there's a... We talk a lot about seeing dongs on the podcast. This is probably our first CGI vagina birth it's pretty intense hey now steve stevie what'd you think about you see the didn't watch it you didn't watch it you're talking about the birth you're a real dad the birth of a baby yeah you've seen what you've seen this This is the first birth of a baby in 18 years and all you've seen this in 4k all pappy can say (laughs) is that you see a vagina (laughs) (laughs) no a cgi vagina i tried to see it in 4k in my lit and my legs got wobbly, and my face turned ghost white, and a nurse told me they don't have enough staff to catch me, so moved to the top of the head. <laughs> I was yeah, like, okay. You don't have to watch, guys. You're not forced to well, watch. I, I tried, and I about lost it. So, yeah, I didn't watch this. Have you ever seen the director's cut of Knock, Knocked Up? That's a weird thing to see for the first time. Do you see it? Is that in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the baby crowns. Why? I don't know, because they think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it in this movie, oh, Stevie? Nope. Me neither. I just turned my you head. You both man. looked away? I ain't about that life. Yep. I mean, it's it's like a half a second. I know. It's just not, like... Not much show. It, what I saw, man, it, it, yeah, it's just... I'll go through it again in December, but yeah, not for me. I got to say, this baby... Slides right out. This is a quick yeah, it's not too bad, huh? <laughs> this baby's got WD-40 on the way out. He's ready to go. I don't it's... know if I've seen a human giving birth in any other movie. I didn't know it was in the director's cut of Knocked Up. Now I'm going to have to send it to you guys. What about I? those movies that Brett's freaking mom showed to us in junior high? Did you see some <laughs> births being given then? Well, that was... that was Yeah, it was the... The wellness teachers in general, like mine was definitely not my mom, thank God. But mine was Mr. Fowler and yeah, they showed those videos that my friend actually passed out. Knowledge nugget. Brett's mom was in charge of showing us 
wieners with syphilis when we were oh, in eighth grade. I saw those slides <laughs> way too many times. Oh. The syphilis ones ain't nothing compared to some of the other ones. I don't know. I just pulled out the first STD I could think of. The old standby. Speaking of STDs, she gives birth on this mattress. Wait, wait. Can you can you clarify that my mom is not showing these pictures to random eighth graders, please? It she was, was a teacher. Right. The health teacher. It wasn't random. Really... It was just me, my friends, and everyone I knew that yeah, she showed them to. My mom used to walk down the street and just show eighth grade. <laughs> she used to show all the neighborhood kids. They, they would go wild. Hey, come here, little boy. You seen this penis with syphilis? <laughs> Pappy, keep keep working with me here. There's just ten bucks. You see a dong almost rotten off. There's too many details to suss out in this 37 minute chase scene, pregnancy, giving birth. Now she has the child. They have like a couple mm-hmm. new allies that don't even speak the their old, language here. You know, the old woman who tries to force the orange down the baby's throat. <laughs> What's happening there? Like you can't feed a baby an orange. I right? love that little bit though. Because, no, like, she's that's, sweet. Like, the only time she's adorable. Really, like she's Kay, uh, Key's like loving it. She thinks it's like the funniest thing in the world that those two people love her baby so much. The little CGI baby. I can't tell. Exa- yeah, it's a pretty bad CGI <laughs> baby. But I don't know. They're like Eastern European Romani. They said Romani. Like, yeah. I mean, they what they would call jippos, but. I would suggest buying this. If you're going to watch this movie, you haven't already when you listen to this podcast. Rent it on YouTube and just get the 480 quality. The baby looks great. 480p. (laughs) (laughs) A 480 quality? That's all they had for renting it on YouTube. That's it. Why, why are you so pro? Why do you have to order everything on YouTube? That's less than a DVD. <laughs> a DVD. I know is what it means, what the Mikey. Fuck? I know what four eighty. What did you watch? A rip of a cam? <laughs> yeah. Tubi. Tubi has it in ten eighty p. Did you just plug Tubi? <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Best streaming service. Oh my god. All right. Well, Pappy's not going to carry us through this last thirty-seven seconds or thirty-seven minutes. Stevie, they get. The girl has given the birth to the baby. It's not a boy like she thought. It's a girl. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to be in awe and is treating them nice. Like we just talked about this old lady, like treating them the oranges in this like post-apocalyptic world. But one of the most famous long shots is coming up. It's when there's like a big battle with this hospital. Mm-hmm. But can you at least tell the audience who may not have seen this movie what's what's happening at this hospital describe describe just the chaos going down and what's happening in the movie just utter chaos i mean sid doesn't help things when he's trying to get you know the get rich quick from baby schemes um and i love his death scene so much it's like i never like to see like characters die in a movie but it just felt like all right his death was it was warranted you know, the center block to the head is always a nice thing. But it's just utter chaos. and I like, it was like loose car battery. Ugh. That's what I thought. That's, that's okay. what I thought it was. Could be. In 480p, it's a great looking car battery. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it in 240p. I think I uh, saw Duralast <laughs> on, that, on that center block. It's 240i. That's, that's like a tube. That's like a 
80s. That's a potato, yeah. man. Uh, Josh just does himself a disservice. <laughs> no. from YouTube. I just turned down my quality to 240. I rented it on YouTube also, Josh. It's- <laughs> the baby looks great, right? I mean, I rented it on YouTube. I wasn't watching it like Dude, that, you know when, Cl- when Clive Owen draws the boat? That's the scene that I'm on. You can't even see that he's drawing anything. It's just blurry pixels, honestly. <laughs> It's like an old Trailer Park Boys episode. <laughs> but, uh, but there's this like fantastic scene. It's just this little piece. I mean, there's so much more going on. Like, I felt so just protective of the baby. I mean, it just like I wanted that baby to be safe the entire time. I mentioned the entire audience did. But like, there's a scene where um, Owen Clive Wilson um <laughs> like comes around a corner and like Patrick is shooting out a window and Patrick goes to move to a better vantage point and Clive Owen like moves where he can't see him so, again. It's just really tense. Yeah, so good. And it's really cool to see. I love uh a- after he does the Duralast headshot to Sid, he rounds a corner and then like fucks his up yeah because he's been wearing flip-flops all day <laughs> or all week or whatever just like uh that just that would be the absolute worst situation <laughs> just adds so much more attention well, <laughs> to the situation well it all starts off when he has to wear his socks in the mud when he's spying oh that's business. the worst i would just give up right there i'd be like key you're on your own i got i got <laughs> this is a lot yeah this... i got wet socks come on i'm gonna have trench foot in a day this is a lot <laughs> all right i'm clammy i'm cold i, I can't do Quentin Tarantino is our footboy, but there's a lot of attention paid to Clive Owen's footwear in this movie. I th- I think it might I like it. it might be a literary theme or something for someone smarter. What do you guys think? My themes. I think it's a callback to Forrest Gump. Man. Themes. Yep. I, think- I love it when uh, the guy hands him a pair of sambas oh, yeah. though. It's like that's with the awesome. world's yeah. biggest laces. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically like in Matrix where he's like, we need guns, lots of guns. And they just get them. <laughs> this is like, I need some fucking shoes. Just one. With some fat Just laces, one bro. pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, can you bring us home here? There's this big epic fight in a hospital. It ends with, you know, everyone is so in awe of the baby. There's actually a ceasefire for like one yeah. minute but then shit goes to hell again round yeah, us out round us out here like where what's Clive Owen's last waking moves I guess Well, after the ceasefire, you could say that there was a firefight, and then um, <laughs> I thought that's really cool part of the movie. Like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of awed. I almost was thinking, oh, Clive Owen was right. They should have taken people would be awed by the baby. They should have taken it to the government. But then, like I don't know, I don't know. But I don't know if that's what you're supposed to think. But that's what I thought for a second. But yeah, they get the baby out. Um, the ceasefire. Like the people in the building are like uh, fingers crossed, and they start shooting the army people again. 
And then they sneak out and they get on the scariest little boat in the scariest little tunnel. Um, and they go out and it's really cool. It looks really cool with the fog in the background. Mm-hmm. The, I think the CGI planes didn't look very good, but uh, they didn't look that bad either. I, I guess they could have not been CGI. I thought they were, but. Man, you guys are really hating on the CGI in this movie. I, I mean, for how <laughs> old this movie is, it's like, I think this movie looks incredible still. I mean, I guess the baby looks better than American Sniper, and that was eight years later. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, 100%. It's just a really cool scene. I, I don't, I didn't remember, and I asked Brittany, and she didn't either, the, them mentioning the buoy, but apparently that was the thing they were looking for, and they find it, and it's, she's like freaking out, and I don't know why Clive Owen he's has like a feeling that they're going to come back for it, and. Faith restored, bro. Yeah. She's like, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. He's like, oh, no, don't worry about that. That's just me. Um, he's like, tis a flesh wound. And and then he's like, passed out, dying. Well, he's been yeah, wanting like those a- cigarettes to kill him ever since the beginning of the movie. So he's almost getting like his wish here, right? The quietus is finally kicking in. Everyone's dream is to die from a bullet wound to the stomach, Josh. <laughs> yeah, right. slowly bleed out. <laughs> well, I guess it's better than a slow cigarette death, I guess. But so, yeah, um, he kind of dies or whatever, and the boat shows up, and the ending's kind of ambiguous, but I think it ends on a pretty positive note. Oh, and the the army comes, and pretty much what Sid said would happen, they were coming to blow that city to sh- to smithereens and. That's pretty much how it ends, and the, there's a baby laughing, and that's the end. Let's go Westeros to Eastest really quick. This isn't yes or no's. I want to try something different. I want to do final thoughts wrapped up in you Ooh. answering if you think this ending is hopeful or not. We talked about that quite a bit at the beginning. I think that's one of the things I always carried with me about this movie, having seen this a long time ago. So, Mikey, any final thoughts? And do you find this ending to be hopeful or not? Uh, Final thoughts? Um, This movie has stuck with me for a really long time, since the first time I saw it, just because of the... uh, uh, one takes, just the long one take scenes. That's always stuck with me. I've always been uh, kind of obsessed with seeing those in movies, and it always grabs my attention. And Alfonso Cuarón's been doing it and like everything he's done since. So it's like he's kind of, kind of a goat at it. Uh, so that kind of editing is really I, I don't know i think it's just like it's stuck with me personally don't give you don't give your yes or no yet just final thoughts just so you know no i'm not i'm uh i'm just saying i really appreciate the editing of this movie. <laughs> but um and then you were also saying what if i think yeah. the ending is hopeful uh i think it's hopeful for humanity, but not for Clive Owen. I think he's dead. <laughs> I don't think he's got much of a chance unless they got bags of uh, his type, his blood type on that boat. But I don't know. I mean, they were planning on giving, uh, on delivering this baby on this boat. I think so. Maybe he has a chance. I guess, but I don't know. he seems pretty dead to me. 
Uh, so I think it's hopeful for humanity. I don't, I don't, ex the thing is, I don't exactly know what the plan is supposed to be with this human project. I don't know if the government would be a better option. It's just, I don't know what, just making it public, I guess. would. The human fund is the government. Yeah, I guess just making it public would be the best choice. I don't know. Hopeful, I guess. Stevie, what you got? Any final thoughts? Any hopefulness? Jimmy, go any yes or no or just final thoughts? This is not the yes or no segment. Because I'm, I'm, what I'm really um, trying to get at is the end hopefulness. And if you have any final thoughts, in just my younger in. years, In my younger years as a young film viewer, I'd have been like, the symbolism is crazy, guys. Like, literally hope is being delivered to the human fund. And humanity's going to get back on track. And as I've gotten older, and to be more of a cynic, they're fucking doomed, man. They have no hope. Humanity can't be trusted. It's game over, man. Like if Bill Paxson was on that boat. <laughs> game over, man. <laughs> game over, man. Like, no. Like, hope. is anybody else getting pregnant, or is yeah. she the only one still? Like, I mean, maybe not, other pregnant pregnant people will come like out of the woodwork, but like. He, humans inherit nature is a lot of time just to be selfish and without Clive Owen I mean Key would have the best intentions but the people around her I feel like she couldn't trust anybody it would just be a mess so I say no hope Josh from Goshen the next West Foldest uh for a final thought, I just really love this like quick 1984 lie they throw on the television broadcast when they say that Julianne Moore's character was killed in a shootout with police when clearly she was killed in a shootout with a bunch of barbarians in the woods and then like her ex-friend Luke just murdered a couple police like a few miles down the road in a completely separate incident but it makes the cops that died look more heroic if they died in the shootout like i don't know like there's some little cool stuff in the writing like that that it, i think is really cool but anyway as far as hope goes maybe that points to it like on the surface and what this movie is telling us i don't know if there is much like even if they make it into this boat and they're trying to help, it's a big group of people. And what we've seen of a group of people so far in this movie with good intentions is the fishes. They like want rights for refugees, but when push comes to shove and people are vying for power, it just gets ugly. So how can George Costanza's human fund like avoid that? Kruger. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. But if they are like a hospital and like Brett said, it takes 20 minutes to bleed out after you pass out. I think maybe uh, Clive Owen still has a fighting chance. And I love to think about that. Anyway, let's keep moving on. Uh, who's next? I think it's me. A couple of final thoughts. First one, because I really hope you play this music, Josh, but the song King Crimson that plays when Clive Owen pulls yeah. up to the uh, uh, rich guy's penthouse in the court of the crimson king mm -hmm. yeah 
Fucking slaps. Love that song. Second, second final thought. Have any of you guys ever jump-started a vehicle by giving it a rolling start? Ever? Yeah, when I was like seven. No, I'm just kidding. No, def- definitely not. No, never done it. Yeah. I have. Oh! Did it work? Freaking works. I walk rises change The tournament's begun The purple pipe-up is tune The choir softly sing My parents showed me how. I had an old Ford Fairmont and the battery was dead. And Fairmont. We weren't able to get like a jump to it because like the hood and everything was so huge. We like couldn't just we didn't have cords that reached to it. And my parents knew of this old trick where if you had a car that was rolling and you like put it in first gear and while it's rolling you let go of the clutch the engine like catches like that can actually happen now how would miriam know to do this in 2027 seems like an outside shot (laughs) but i have done that pat it's a real thing here we go Car is rolling. Slowly bring out your clutch. Car is started up. Come to a stop, put it in neutral, pull your handbrake. There you go. How to start your car on a hill. I I like that. I'm glad someone's done it. Uh, I'm also kind of with Stevie on some of the symbolism of this movie, like it's getting pretty close to, did you get it territory when Clive Owen <laughs> has nice. like the out, al- the alcohol the whole time, you know, and he's drinking and he's drinking and then he goes to deliver the baby. Then he pours the alcohol in his hands. He's like, Oh, like he's, he's made this change, but I do like it. I mean, like Josh, there's a lot of details in this movie and the production design and everything that I do really appreciate. Um, last one. I think it's a pretty famous movie fact, but in that uh, big shootout in the town or the camp or whatever it is, that that big one shot when there's blood on the lens, that was a total happy accident. Uh, it was like their last take that they possibly had, and it was the only one that they got right, and they had blood on the lens. And I guess Alfonso Caron was like pissed at first, and then Clive Owen was like pumped. He's like, no, dude, this is awesome. And then It is awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's fucking sick. Oh, Alfonso Cuarón. He's not a director. He doesn't. He doesn't have the vision. <laughs> he doesn't know. He is an artist. Definitely helpful movie too, Josh. Like I don't know. I whatever this human project is, they're like mythical. What, what's their boat called? Tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Like whatever. Sure. Happy. I like to choose. It's a happy ending in my brain.
Hey, can I can I maybe give some thoughts? <laughs> oh, you didn't go? No, Happy just got Jesus. done. Just make sure to put your yes or no in here so we can move on. Okay. No, I'm joking, dude. Okay. I'm joking. Sorry to skip you. No, that's right. Um, so, uh, first of all, I the situation's all really bad. I want that to be known before I say what's next. Um, before I say... It's it's all bad, but I, we need to remember, though, that London does not have unlimited space or unlimited resources. So, I'm not saying they're going about the refugee thing the right way, but when you think you're going to hunker down and just die and just wait for the world to end, you part of you is going to come out of being greedy. And that's my only very small defense in what's happening. They're obviously dealing with it in a terrible, terrible way, but like, I'm just saying that the resources are probably limited in London. They can't just let 30 million people come in every month that's that's my only defense of that, but I'll move on. Both sides, my lord. <laughs> so an, another quick thing is I kind of I, I love Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, and I forgot that he used to be a really good bad guy, and he went through a pretty nice run in the mid two thousands. Uh, he was a bad guy in Serenity. Um, he was a bad guy in Four Brothers, and he's a bad guy in this, and he's good bad guy in all three of those movies ah, for brothers love for brothers so also lastly i am a uh, oscar guy so this was nominated Thank for you. best original screenplay best cinematography and best uh where was i uh film editing so it lost in best original screenplay adapted screenplay excuse me to the departed um mm. It lost Best Cinematography to Pan's Labyrinth, and it lost Film Editing to The Departed. Um, I don't know if you guys had any... Eh, that's a... Yeah, uh, I mean... Editing to Departed. I'm okay with that's the cinematography. A, a strange one. I'm okay with the c- cinematography, because um, I think they're both similar. They're both dark <laughs> and bleak at Pan's Labyrinth and that, so... But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to not give it to The Departed, because it won Best Picture, but, yeah, I mean... They did nothing special cinematography wise in the departed. Right, yeah. No, no, it wasn't they didn't lose the cinematography in the it lost to Pan's Labyrinth. I mean editing wise. Yeah, editing, I mean, editing I, I, wise. I'll, I'll let you guys decide that. I Is don't that know. for sure, Brett? I, I thought know. it lost a crash for some reason. Different year. Okay. That was what year won before. the Oscar for best symbolism? The rat and the departed? Or <laughs> that's the best <laughs> get, it? get it moment? When you're a rat, you're a rat for life. Happy, can I defend that? They don't like the rat. No, they don't do a push and shot oh. of the alcohol on his hands. No, or anything. I like it's pretty subtle. I do like it. No, I, I do like it. Um, it kind of gets you because you think he's gonna drink. <laughs> Sorry, bro, you're in the middle and, of your. And no, it's. I mean, he should have taken a drink as well. That would have been fitting for the situation. I feel like. And finally, I would say Josh is getting hammered. Uh, I would say it has to be optimism at the end because it's definitely more optimism than at the beginning of the movie for whatever that's worth. So I think it's a little happy-ish. It, as long as they don't dissect the mother and the, the daughter to try to figure out 
what's different about them, which Stevie kind of, I think Stevie thinks will probably happen. Um, I think the hope is there at least a little bit. The first time you see Key pregnant, she's giving that speech about how they cut four of the cow's boobs off because the machines only suck four. (laughs) Which is pretty terrifying when you think of it in terms. But this is Josh from Goshen. This is a huge yes for me. Uh, the movie making, maybe the story isn't super tight, but the storytelling, I think, is fantastic in this movie. It keeps you zoomed in. I like so much about it. And just one more note before I finish my yes or no about the hope or optimism in this movie. One thing I always thought was kind of a cool joke is that the ship is called tomorrow or something. And it really reminds me of the sign that Barney's bar used to have. And it said free beer tomorrow. (laughs) And it's kind of a thing where free beer never really comes because it's always tomorrow. (laughs) So classic Barney's bar. I kind of think this movie would have been slightly better if, it ended with a wide shot and maybe you see a shape that is or isn't a boat there. A UFO? It could be a UFO for sure. And that would... Yeah, that would be awesome. But that is the end of my yes or no. Let's do that westest to eastest thing. Uh, Mike, Mikey, give us a quick yes or no here before we get into the very exciting trivia that we have planned. Uh, it's a hard, hard yes. Love this movie. I uh, can't believe how well it holds up after all this time. Um, hey, in this in this situation, everybody is in favor of uh uh the Supreme Court's decision in this universe. I guess <laughs> <laughs> like the things are bleak uh, in this. Uh, timeline but um I think it's for me it's always been like one of the best representations of like what could possibly happen if things got totally out of hand like it's a great representation of a future apocalyptic situation kind of like in the same vein as Blade Runner where it's like people are still alive and surviving but it's not great and things are really bad for some people so I've always appreciated it for that I've always appreciated it for the long one takes and that's always made me that i honestly i feel like this movie kind of like really got me into like wow there's like some awesome things movies are doing <laughs> like i don't know just like i had never seen that before and i was like so mind blown by like those those scenes so uh i just really appreciate this movie and this is a super hard yes for me Yeah, this is the hardest of yeses for me. I absolutely love this movie. The gripes I have with it are just my brain trying to get over stupid things that happen in scripts and movies that are cliches. I think the acting is incredible. Um, the the movie making itself, like Mikey said, is just so much fun to watch. Like <laughs> sometimes I wish movies would just put up on a screen 
hey, this took this many hours and this many days to set up. Like, I appreciate it and don't look at your fucking phone. Um, it's just so incredible to watch. And this movie is bleak. Um, the only issue I really have with this movie is like them actually showing the boat at the end. I really wish that the movie kind of died with Clive Owen mm-hmm. and we kind of just end on his character coming full circle. And that's a much stronger ending than a boat and kind of passing the baton. I think, you know, key saying I'm going to name my, you know, name her Dylan and Clive Owen just, you know, kind of becoming at peace with himself. I think there would have been a great, just pull a hard ending on that. But other than that, amazing movie. It's incredible how well it's aged. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch it again. So hard, hard yes. I'll definitely give it a hard yes as well. Um, all of like the little nitpicking that we've done, um, I think all kind of boils down to what we've talked about being like refrigerator or icebox moments when you're like thinking about something way later. Like I don't think any of those questions of the logic of the universe come up when you're watching Children of Men. Um, it's really well paced. And I think those one shots do a lot to contribute to that. And it has a really challenging job of setting up what is this really cool premise, but there's a lot of information that needs to dump on you. And I think it does a really good job of that for the most part outside of like one or two exposition lines that we talked about. Um, It looks awesome. It's thought provoking, I'd even say. And I, I don't know. I feel like the commentary on like immigration and stuff is still interesting and like i said it feels very much also of its time in a lot of ways with the the imagery of like the iraqi prisoners who were tortured or like um like even just terrorist stuff so definite hard yes for me fond memories of this movie going back we'll watch it again next tv is josh still here why is he muted he needs medicine, my lord. <laughs> it is medicine. I think you guys could walk yourself through yes or no's. Brett, oh. please give us your yes or no. <laughs> yeah, this is a hard yes. I won't say too much about it. I, I love Clive Owen. I think he's really underrated. Um, uh, like he went on the nice run in 2000s. I really liked, but hard yes. Definitely. It's a sneaky good year um, in movies, and this is one of the top ones, so... I love to like the little mini run Clive Owen is on here with Sin City in this movie, 2005, 2006. It's good stuff. Future spoilers pick Sin City? I think it's such a good movie. I would assume so. I've never seen oh, it. Oh my God, Mikey, I feel like that's right up your alley. Brett, what food is this? Is it good? Five is guesses. Good? Not Sin City, but Children of Men. What food? Do they eat any food in this movie? Sigs and booze? 
poison rat bread. Strawberry cough? Fish it. <laughs> it's five fishes. Stevie, that whole thing about uh, the quietest and the bread for rats is just a lie. Like, Michael Caine's super suicidal, right? Yes. Just getting that out of the way. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. Okay. I did not pick that up. Yeah. He's incredibly manic. Are you guys ready for trivia? It's a special one. Mm-hmm. Bring back the streets. Do you know why it's a special one? Because Uh-oh. me, Josh from Goshen, is hosting. And we're going to do another. Who said that? I'll say a quote. And there'll be some music and maybe uh, an impression happening. <laughs> so bad at this. So bad at this. Wait, it could be anybody. Listen. I forget. You'll have to figure out if the quote that I read is said by Alfonso Caron. Caron? How do, how, can we get an a, a official? How do you say that? Alfonso Caron. 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 That sounds like you're making that up. My last host going all the way back to November of last year. Do you guys rem- do you guys remember what? The Stranger with Orson Welles? Mm-hmm. Yep. Come on, man. Music Play something from The Stranger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> yes. Okay, so was this quote that I'm going to read to you said by Alfonso, Orson Welles, or... From my previous, previous host, Quentin Tarantino's and Glorious Bastards, is it said by Quentin Tarantino? So basically, I'll read you a quote, and you have A, B, or C, Alfonso, Orson, mm. or Quentin. Do you all understand? Alfonso, Orson, or Quentin. Okay, let's do this. Alfonso, Orson, or Quentin. In addition, Alfonso, Orson, or Quentin. In, oh my. You will also have <laughs> Thanks, a dive. Man. Will Josh read the quote? In Alfonso's voice, Orson's voice, oh Quentin's my God. voice, Alfon- Alfonso's voice, or my Alfonso's own, sounds like, or my own Northern Indiana Josh Long voice. Well, you Michael, have yet Michael playing with Kynes fire. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh. Pappy, what is the order? Uh, so from most recent, most recent to least recent. Uh, is that what yeah, you want? Who's Who's uh, least on the schnot? Yeah. I don't know. How would you put it? (laughs) The least on the schneid, most recent host was actually Corey with Good Time. But then before that, it was... Perfect. Thanks for that. Myself with... Hey, listen. It's fun. It's lore. It builds. (laughs) Uh, Then it was me with Jumanji, Brett with Good Son, Mikey with Uncut Gems, and then way back... To December, Stevie on the Schneid with Mouse Hunt. Uncharacteristic Schneid from Stevie. Hey, Very rarely in this happens. position. Stevie, what I was thinking is since if you get this wrong, you're out. Oh. I was going to have you last. So, Pappy goes first. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Okay. Pappy, I have 20 quotes. I'm going to roll a oh D20. My God. Wait, you prepared 20 quotes for a single 20? elimination oh. game? Well, you never Deep know. Cuts. Well, <laughs> And actually, once we get to two, there is a quick uh, closest two. Once it's a limit, once there's just two people left, but we'll get to that. You know what the first quote is? All right, I'm ready. There's no, there's no the streets in this. I've retired the streets. Oh, oh, I thought it was gonna be. My name is Mike Skinner. I'm getting thinner because I've eaten chicken for dinner. (laughs) 
It's a good guess. Tolkien? Pappy, are you ready for this? <laughs> Do you understand the game? Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna I understand. Roll for your quote. Were you guys able to hear that? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'll roll for the voice. Are you going to do a Mexican accent? Uh, I, the oh, the boy. choices are... That's what I was oh. saying. The choices are Alfonso Cuaron, <laughs> Orson Welles, Quintantino, or Josh Long, Northern Indiana. Just saying that. Alfonso, Orson, or Quinn. Okay. If you do Speedy Gonzales, you should probably be fine. And we're not beating. Let's hear that Mexican accent. <laughs> <change>. <laughs> uh, do Slowpoke Rodriguez. That'll be the way to go. So pre-pod, yeah. the reason I was a little yes. late is because me and Mikey were doing some last-second setup of this trivia. So hopefully this all works out, right, Mikey? Did you run the Mexican accent by anybody, though? Before? <laughs> he, he suggested it past me. I gave him some notes, and I was like, eh. Just do it. We'll back it up. Okay, anyway, here's the dive. Viva, <laughs> Okay, great. Can you play... He wanted to do it. I talked him track? down. Can you play track life. four, Mikey? The the order that you gave me the files? Is that what you're <laughs> referencing? Is it this? No, it's not. But you're right. Ooh. You're right. That should have been. That was one of the Quentin Tarantino ones. Give me track two. Is what I meant to say. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, hear that. Hear I can't hear you. Couldn't hear you, Josh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, Josh. I used to be very controlling with visuals and editing. I would pretty much control the craft of the performances. <sighs> Orson? I appreciate the guess, Pappy, because I, I feel be, like uh, I, I feel like I tricked you with the accent, but that was in fact Alfonso Cordon. Got unfortunately eliminated. Crap! Are we only going to get through two of these twenty? Probably. <laughs> okay, Brett, you're up next. Are you ready for this? Yep. Okay, rolled for your quote. I'm going to roll for your voice. That is number three, uh, Mikey. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Mikey, that's not number three. <laughs> I'm the, uh, yeah, first of all, you are not telling I'm me so them in the order that you sent them to. With you. That's pride fucking with you. you with this one? Yes. Okay. I don't get the music, so <laughs> I don't get I don't get the I miss my set. It sets the it's mood with me? it's supposed to help the accent. <laughs> it's about a vibe. It's about it's about setting a vibe. It's ambient. Okay. Thank you. Really lifting the curtain, ruining the mood, Brad. But, okay. I was 
kind of excited about going to jail the first time. And I learned some great dialogue. Uh, of the three that I think went to jail, I'm going to go with Orson Welles. Brett, that was in wow. fact Quentin Tarantino. Oh my. And I'm going to oh. pull a, a, like a host special. It's now two strikes are out. I, let's go. I, I have yeah. 18 oh, more. Five hours. I don't care. Come on. We'll, keep said- it. we'll go quick. Quick, quick, quick. We'll go quick. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Okay, here's your quote. Gonna roll for the voice. It's number one. That means nothing to me because you're not the Martin Supermarket one. (laughs) Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. I believe that human beings are born first and given passports later. I believe that human beings are born first and given passports later. Um, Orson Welles. Ah, that's Alfonso. That's strike one yeah, for you. What? Stevie, and rolling. Rolled it off the table. Got it. Got the voice. It's number five, the last one. Number four, maybe. Quentin Tarantino, number two. Are you going to do the voice in Quentin Tarantino? Mikey? The music has to start first. It's it's going. Can you hear yeah. it? I'll just read it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Americans are puritanical. <laughs> in their movies, they're scared of sex, but they overindulge in violence. <laughs> That's pretty freaking good, actually. Yeah. Stevie, um. who said it? <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. Sounds like you could fade that out. That sounds like he, I'll say Quentin, man. I don't know. That is indeed Quentin Tarantino. You take a command. The voice is so hard to overcome. I know the voice is. I just I hear him say it. It's such a good impression. I was like, oh my god, someone Quentin would say. That was a terrible impression, Pappy. No, it was good. It was good. I just rolled the first one half strike. Was really good. Rolled your quote. I need this to stay in the game. Play number one, please. One is uh, Martin Supermarkets, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'll just read it. In my <laughs> That's their holiday <laughs> jingle. <laughs> Fake is as they're pa- old. They're paying us for this, right? <laughs> Don't interrupt, sorry, Pat. I'm sorry. It's got to hit right after... Play it again, Mikey. God damn it. Jesus. <laughs> Right, right, right. Okay, you got, you got a boss. Fake is as old as the Eden tree. Orson, that is correct. You stay alive. Sorry, Stevie. <laughs> it's okay. <That's> <laughs> Brett, rolling quote. What? Got it. <laughs> laughing so hard. Okay, play number two. Please. I don't pray because I don't want to bore God. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to overcome. (laughs) 
Was that your Orson voice or Quaron? We oh, haven't, we haven't heard, heard Quaron yet. yet. I think he's scared. He's scared to do it, guys. Shut up. I'll do it. Text me. Um, uh, Orson? It is Orson. Good call. Wow. Mikey, trying to stay alive, okay? Quaron, okay. voice, Quaron. That's number two. Oh. Same one again. That's fine. Got a lot of number twos. Dogs got personality. Personality goes a long way. Is that your Carol? Is that Nick? <laughs> that Cage? was a bad one. That was an Orson Welles impression of who, Patty? Of what director? <laughs> oh, this is for me? Yeah. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait. No, this is for Mikey. Sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. for Mikey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was QT? It was. That's who I would have guessed. Okay, Stevie, to stay even keel with the rest of the field. Okay. That was number 20, actually. <laughs> the last one. That gives you a clue. <laughs> And I rolled a number one. <laughs> if I wasn't a Josh, filmmaker, when I, I press oh, number one, what are, yes, what are you doing? What is the difference? Why? What is a Martin supermarket accent? Is that just <laughs> your? Just my cue. <laughs> what are you? Oh. Uh. I. <laughs> Was just asking. Sorry, <laughs> just don't, <laughs> just don't bother with it anymore. That's the last time we need to hear. Okay, it. okay. Fine. <laughs> if I wasn't a filmmaker, I'd be a film critic. It's the only thing I'd be qualified to do. Um, got on. It was QT. Ah, okay, guys, this is a yeah. do or die round. Mm. Happy. Back to where we started. Yep. Indeed. I rolled your number. Not going to say the numbers of them anymore. And I got number three. Haven't had this one yet, Ooh. I don't think. Let's go. Sorry, sorry. Hmm. Hold on, hold on. Okay. It's another Orson Welles track, just so you know. Ugh. There's a Philistine and an athlete in all of us, and a murderer and a saint. Orson Welles. Ah, it is, Pappy. Nicely done. Say. Those are some $5 words <laughs> dropped in there. Like Quentin doesn't have those, or Alfonso. Come on now. Okay, Brett. Josh, I'm going to the Alfonso. Would you guys just the game shut up? That. up. <laughs> Workshop in that accent. The game alive. I rolled a number five. If there hadn't been women, we'd still be squatting in a cave eating raw meat because we made civilization in order to impress our girlfriends. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. 
Bre- the impression gotcha it's orson wells god what that's hard to overcome he said that i would yeah hard to overcome the accent mikey staying alive here okay play <laughs> number one yes yeah <laughs> cautionary tales were fantastic in the 70s Mm. Uh, QT. It's actually AC. Alfonso mm. Cordon. Ah, Pappy. Hear it. Stevie, you guys enter the final round. Oh, right. This is the closest, too. It is. Pappy, you go first, and Stevie, most on the schneid, gets to pick the over or under, okay? Okay. Mm hmm. The way this is working, this is from the (laughs) National Library of Medicine. The median time from ovulation to birth was X amount of days. You can do the math out loud if you want to try to like add up some days, but we're looking for a number in days for a human baby. Ovulation to birth. Stevie's definitely going to beat me. Uh. 273. Stevie, I need that answer in five seconds. Over or under? Under. Shit. What's your thought with that, Stevie? Pap usually goes high. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, brother. (laughs) Amen, dude. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Strawberry cough. The median time for a human to go from ovulation to birth is 268 days. Fuck. Uh, Whoa. (laughs) I was so close. Wow. Spoiler man. Damn. Give some plugs. We're back in the movie game, spoiler man. We're going to stay here for a while. Give us some plugs and we're going to come back with another freaking movie. I can't wait to watch next week. Stevie, give me just a second. But in the meantime, give us some plugs, spoiler man. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. You got a movie, Stevie? I do have a movie, and this was Pappy's idea. Oh. Pappy's idea, okay. You guys ready to come back anytime? Mm Mm-hmm. Ready. In a bit. Uh... (laughs) What? I said, and we're back in a great no, Ben Affleck impression. I've been doing great impressions all night. Uh, Stevie, I'm so glad to pass the baton off to you. I'm kind of jealous with, with how much you win trivia and how much I hate trivia. So just take it easy on trivia. I haven't week, okay? hosted since December, bro. 
He was on the schnapps. Just be generous with trivia. Don't make us all look dumb, okay? But anyway, please. Trivia is going to be an absolute shithousery fest when we do <laughs> it next. Obje- objective trivia, best Mike. Best Mike. Uh, Alfonso Caron. Best oh, Alfonso Caron. Be so. There was um, no option for me to ever do his accent. Like, that just wasn't going to happen. So. I was just waiting to hear <laughs> Viva Gordita. Uh, Take the movie and also pass it to Spoiler Man. The rest of the podcast is yours. All right, buddy. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it, Josh. And by the way, great host tonight. Um, this movie isn't the easiest to navigate, so great, great host. Pap, don't say anything. We'll just leave it until we do it. Um, I'm going to do a movie that I've never been particularly fond of. I find it very annoying when people say it's amazing. I just don't see it. We're going to do a, m- a movie that um, I've never really cared for, and that is Memento. Ooh, some early Nolan. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a movie that uh, I just don't think is that great. So we're going to do Memento. Only seen it once, so. Yep. Uh, Decided to watch it. Yeah, it's a tag gimmicky. So, I am excited for that. Um, Josh, do I have permission to kick it off to spoilers, man? All the permission in the world. It's going to be a very interesting pot, let's put it that way. Um, Josh, amazing host. To all of our listeners, thank you for listening. Um, Pat, what do we got going on next? Do we have, we're going to do a movie game or anything else coming out uh, before that? We've got like two more uh, Patreon picks to do and then just movie game for a while. Let's go. And on that note, that was spoilers and take it away, spoilers, man. Special thank you to our patrons. Druid King. That's the sound of the ear cells dying, like their swan song. Nick. When you have a piss, we'll be watching. All the fucking time. David. Please, your breath stinks. The Meg. Please keep using that old photo of you in the posters. Doesn't do you justice. Whoa. Now you know about the five grand we can offer you. So if you change your mind, pin this to the notice board at Camden Tube. We'll do the rest. Barky 420. What taste that? Cough. Cough. Taste it. Strawberries. This is strawberry cough. That <laughs> troll. You kill me. A hundred years from now, there won't be one sad fuck to look at any of this. What keeps you going? Davey Kerr. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's what you always do. When it gets tough, you walk away. Total movie recall. Whatever happens, whatever they say, you keep her close. Spencer. I told you, amigo, 
the human project is real. Brother Brian. I'm yin and yang. Sort of. No, Shiva and Shakti. Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> Nurse Stacy. She's pregnant. Now you know it's at stake. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Why is this? Why don't they ever say why it's called Children of Men? Because well, women can't get pregnant in the book. Actually, in the book, it's the men. In the, the book, book it's, it's the, men. the men. Okay, yeah. Then they have no they have no viable yeah. sperm. In the book, they have some Bible quote at the end that says "Children of Men." Oh, in the book. Nobody's boys are swimming. Yep. <laughs> wow. And they have to do yeah. mandatory like tests and stuff. Is this extra? Sure. Is this extra prescient? Have you guys seen like Elon Musk tweets about like having enough babies to get to like repopulate the workforce and like that sort of shit? Yeah, he's a fucking dumbass. We're at eight billion people on this goddamn rock. We need to slow <laughs> yeah, down, <shit>. okay? <laughs> It's like supposed we have to, more than enough people. Sorry, you have to work a little longer. You'll have food. The human it's supposed to keep increasing for the next hundred years at least. Yeah. It's not yeah. slowing down at all. Now, developed countries always slow down. That's just something that happens. But Yeah, I mean here it's slowing down, but because nobody can afford a baby. That happens everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Who can afford it? Certainly Key couldn't. Man, why didn't this the podcast should have started like this. No, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Peppy, are you mad about something? No, I'm eating some popcorn. I'm hungry. No, I'm outside hungry of hunger, not are you like mad about something or whatever? No, why? Do I seem sad? Do I seem mad? No, I'm good. Thanks for checking. What bread should I? Good host, Josh. Yeah, good host. It's okay. <laughs> need to cut out about half of what I said, but yeah. We, we no. needed the um, the AC impression. We needed it. Can you just do it now? I'll stop. The, I'll stop yeah. the Skype recording. Yeah. That was spoilers. <laughs>